90% of the time, I feel that church is just something that families do. It's it's the new family dinner. I'm not going too much now, uh, and I miss the fellowship. I think it brings a, a connection to us. You something I need to go to more often? A place to find answers. Some churches are not relevant to today's society. Like, it's not really updated with nowadays times and stuff like that. Everybody's too worried about stepping on somebody else's toes. It's a declining role or a negative role now. And that's, I guess, as a church leader, that's partly my fault. The church plays a huge role in our culture. You know, it impacts everything. On the economy, on politics, on everything. I think that the churches are too much separated by their denominations. It is relevant to culture, but not particularly to mine. All people, whether they admit it or not, are reaching out for religion of one form or another. I think that the Bible... They've got some good editors in there. I grew up and I still believe that the Bible is a very important written historical document. I don't think that um, word for word it's truth. The interpretation changes as you're ready to accept that. A lot of it is not uh, geared to today's world because it's like stories just told down and told down until somebody started to write it down. I think the Bible is relevant in not only American culture, but all other cultures. It's still the number one best-selling book in the world. I think it's oversold sometimes. I think it's being challenged a lot more these days. I cannot say that uh, being lost in the wilderness and eating bugs is relevant for me. When people say it's not relevant, it's because they don't read it. Whatever situation you fall into, you can find one just like it in the Bible. Well, there were some very positive statements in that video, but there were some disturbing ones as well. When it said the church has a declining role, that the church has a negative impact, that the Bible is not relevant to today. Those were troubling. The issues that are in here, the issues of our lives are not new to God. He is not surprised. We, today, we face anger, we face forgiveness, decisions, addictions, they're all in here. God still cares about every one of those things. And his spirit and his word can guide us to a solution. Or better yet, it could be our solution. If it's your first time here today, you come at a good time because we're in the middle of a series called In Focus. And we're looking at four things that are helping us do what Christ did, and that is to set people free. We're trying to stay focused on these things to keep us on task. We're, we've looked at simplicity and growth and relevancy and multiplication. Those are all things that we need to keep before us. When we started the year out, or even prior to that, we said these are so important for helping us stay focused on what we need to be doing as a church that what better way than to start our year together, putting these things in front of us, reviewing them together. It's material that we usually have in our overview class. But again, it's so important. We said we got to put it out there. And in our overview class, at the end of the class, you have a chance to respond through membership. And we're going to do that in a few weeks here. But it's important that because you'll see that membership is not something that we bestow upon you. It's something that you commit to. And so if you're like me, you want to understand what are you committing to? What is the church about? And so that's why this series is important. 
Now, if you're a member, don't, don't check out and go, oh, great, you know, you know, I could have had a whole free hour to myself. This series speaks to me. I'm a member of the church. Um, it, it speaks to me. It will speak to you. We have to st- keep these things in focus. If we don't, what happens? You can drift. Leadership can drift. Individuals can drift. And when that happens, things that should be a priority in our lives, they start to become secondary. And then what happens is our lives start to reflect some of those statements that we heard there, where instead of God being the most important thing, I start to become the most important thing, and that would be a tragedy. Because when that happens, that means it has a negative impact on me. If you're living for yourself, it's going to have a negative impact on you. And it's going to affect those that are around you as well. So this series is very, very important. And the way we've gone about this in the past, if you've missed uh, either of these messages, we do put them out on the web. So if you, if you do podcasts, you can listen to them. Simplicity is out there and growth is out there. Simplicity we said we are committed to being a simple church. Now, don't think that that means, how much can you get out of a simple church? If you are in the industry, you know absolutely how powerful simplicity is. And so we are committed as a church to remain all behind that simple message of Christ and that challenge by Jesus that said to love God with all that you got and to love others and to share that with the world. And then last week, Donnie came and spoke about growth. He said, listen, growth is normal, and to not be growing is abnormal. And we're not talking about growth in the seats, you know, filling up these seats, because that would mean absolutely nothing. It doesn't give any indicator on the health of the church or you as an individual. What we're talking about is growth in your relationship with Christ. Now, whether that means you're connecting with them for the first time, or whether you're growing in the relationship, that's what we desire. And Donnie talked about it being a partnership, that as, a ch- as church leadership, we need to create the opportunities, but we all have to take responsibility for our own spiritual growth. But today is about relevancy, to be relative. We believe that Jesus and his teachings are rele- uh, relevant all times in all cultures. That word relevant means, if you look it up, it says have bearing on or a connection with the matter at hand. And that's what we want to do is to show that the message of Christ does have a bearing upon your life. And the church has usually gotten in trouble with this message because they kind of, they, they go at it in kind of an extreme fashion. On one side, you've got the people the churches that are too rigid, they do not want to budge in trying to connect the message of Christ with the experiences of the people who are in the churches. Erwin McManus wrote this quote in one of his books called Unstoppable Force. He says, over the past 40 years, the communities around many churches have changed dramatically, yet the church has stayed the same. And somewhere in the community's transformation, the church has disconnected. Perhaps the greatest tragedy of our times is that we have kept our pews and we have lost our children. You know, in the video, I don't think it's that we've just lost our children. I think we've lost a lot of the different generations, not to mention the generations to come. 
Now, churches also have, have gotten in trouble because they go to the other side where they over-contemporize the message of Christ. And they kind of stop sharing Christ and they start crafting their own message, their own gospel, and their own Jesus. And they're so busy trying to dress up Jesus to look so cool and to make people feel so good that he looks completely different than the Christ that is proclaimed in here. And he's stripped of his power and his purpose. And I'll tell you that that kind of Christ is not relevant because what the church has done, they've tried to be relevant, but they were relative in the process. And what you need to know at LifePoint is that we, believe, we don't believe that relevant, relevant does not mean relative. Now, I may mess those words up this morning because they are so close, but hear me on this. Relevant does not mean relative. What we have got to do as a church is to be able to find, take the biblical truth and find ways to make it connect and show and have bearing on our lives today. So we may have to, what we want to do is change the form, but not the message. And you understand that if you're an artist or a musician, the way and how you connect with people and how you share, the form may change, but the underlying message itself of Jesus coming to earth, dying for us, being buried and raised again, and how that has bearing on our life, that message will not change at all. And you got to hear that at LifePoint, that is what drives us, is trying to, day in and day out, make Christ relevant to every one of us. Today, we're going to look at a man uh, who was impacted by Christ, and he took his Christ's message to a city who desperately needed to hear it, and he did it in a very relevant way. So the ushers are going to be coming down. They have Bibles. I want to get them in your hands so that we can look at God's Word together this morning. If you do not have a Bible, just signal to them. They will give it to you. It's yours to keep. Uh, Every week, we go through God's Word, connecting the truth, again, with what we're experiencing in our lives so that we can see that it has bearing in there. It is very relevant. We're going to be in Acts chapter 17, verse 16, which is page 770 in those Bibles we handed out. I've got to give you a little history here of what's going on. This man that we're talking about, his name is Paul. It once was Saul, but now it's Paul. And uh, what you need to know about him is he was a devout Jew. He was a Pharisee. He knew the law inside and out. And then when Christ came along, people started following Christ instead of the law. And so Paul would go out and he was persecuting them so that they would not follow Christ, that he had a campaign to stop people from following Christ. And in the height of all of that, when he was trying to stop all of that, Christ met him in a real way on Damascus Road. And in that moment, Paul experienced God's acceptance and his forgiveness of what Paul had done. And Paul, in an instant, his life was miraculously reoriented. It went from trying to overthrow the Christians, and now God was saying, no, you are going to be the campaigner for this message of Christ, and you're going to take it to the Gentiles. And so we find Paul in the scripture we're looking at today. He's standing on a hill called Mars Hill. 
And he's about to address some very influential people, again, in an influential city. And these people called him here, if you read, it says, because they wanted to understand what his teaching was. That's what they were all about. This city that we're talking about is Athens. And Athens was, think of the most cultural place you can. That's what Athens was like. Between science and art and literature, they prided themselves on understanding and wisdom, and they always sought to find out what the latest and new teaching was. And so they called Paul. It will say they disputed with him, and they called him up uh, to this hill. So he's standing here at Mars Hill, and there's two groups of philosophers that are there. And you just need to know what they stood for. Forget the name. The Epicureans, all they cared about was seeking pleasure in life. That was their main focus. That was one group that was there. The other one was the Stoics. And their whole thing was about self-control and self-strength. And they called Paul here and said, hey, now teach us what your new teaching is because we haven't heard it before and we want to know what that's like. And again, they always, they prided themselves on knowing the latest and greatest thing and they had absolutely no room for God. They had lots of little gods because those little gods, when they couldn't get their mind around something, then they labeled it as a small g, small god. And there were lots of those little ones, but really there was no room for God in their lives and they just chased new things. Now, that's old, old school, right? We don't struggle with uh, being, making God a priority in our life these days. We don't chase satisfaction anymore. Those are ancient ways. No. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm kidding. Times may have changed, but man's heart has stayed the same. We still can get distracted. We still can be disconnected, just like they went through there. And Paul looked at these people as he was standing on this hill. And look at verse 16 and see what it says. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. It says that Paul was greatly distressed with what he was seeing. And it drove him to take a message to them. And we're going to look at that today. And he did it. He delivered it in a little bit different form. He did it in a very relevant way. But the underlying message itself remained the same. Look at verse 18. What was it? Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus in the resurrection. Like Paul, LifePoint is a church. When we see a disconnect from people with God, or if they're connected and they're not growing in that relationship, as a church, we are distressed. And that's what drives us to do what we do every week. Paul understood that simple message of John 3.16, and he took seriously the charge that Jesus said, go into the world and share this message and love me with all that you got and to love others. Paul took that seriously, and he felt that if he didn't do it, he would be unfaithful. So a relevant church is a church that is faithful, and to not do so would be unfaithful. Yes, we're commanded to go out and share the message, but we also do it because we have experienced Christ and the difference he's made in our lives, just like Paul did. And he went out. He couldn't stay put. He had to go share that message. And Paul, like us, 
knew the stories of change when Jesus also connected with the people of the time when he was here. There was change when Jesus answered the questions of the the religious questions of the people of the day. There was change when Jesus met and spent time with people who were were physically deformed and had handicaps. The society would never give the time of day he did, and people were different because of it. When people were grieving and mourning, people were changed because he was right there with them. And when people turned their back on God and they needed to experience that forgiveness and to be restored, what happened? Jesus met them and change happened. So people around Jesus and of that day, they experienced change. They saw change. And so a faithful church, a relevant church is not only a faithful church, a relevant church sees changed lives. And I don't know about you, I want to know that I can change in areas that I know I need to change in. That's a hopeful message. I know what it's like to seek things and never be quenched in my thirst. And at LifePoint, we want to be a community where there are changed lives week in and week out, starting right here on Sunday through worship. We pray that God connect with you here and the change process starts here and now. But as you leave, that it may, may it continue as you go to life groups and you start to get life on life, challenging each other in the word, that change would happen then. And as we do things like life point in action, when we are trying to love others through service, that that would bring about change as well. We're serious about this. You see, changed lives happen because Jesus met people right where they were. And sometimes, maybe you saw on our website or you've heard Donnie say before, you know, uh, come as you are. Or if you're perfect, then uh, you better get up and leave because you're, you're messing up a good thing. Why do we say stuff like that? Because we are serious in the same way, just like Jesus met us, met me where I was. We want to meet you where you are. But if you were here last week, Donnie talked about growth. I will challenge all of us then that we can come as we are. But there is no way you can stay in that spot. You, if, if you're loving God with all that you got and you're loving others and your heart is open to him, there is no way that you can stay right there. You've got to be open and obedient to changing. And we would be unfaithful as a church if we did not uh, just encourage and challenge every one of us to go ahead and be growing in that relationship. Being relevant starts by meeting people where they are, but then it involves connecting with them. And we see Paul doing that here in verse 23 as he's about to connect with the people in Athens. He says, for as I walked around and I looked carefully at your objects, objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. You see, Paul was very intentional. It says he walked around. He looked very carefully at things and he drew upon his knowledge to start to connect with these people. And that simple phrase, to an unknown God, had to catch their, their attention. They had to kind of do something like that. 
Because legend had it, had that at one time there was a very bad plague that was going on and destroying Athens. And they tried everything that they could do to appease the gods, little g, so that the plague would go away. And it didn't. So one day a wise man comes and comes to this very hill that, that Paul is speaking on, Mars Hill. And he brings a flock of sheep and lets them kind of graze. And where it finally landed, they took one of the sheep and sacrificed it to appease the gods. And legend has it that the plagues went away. And so that one phrase had to catch their attention. You know, sometimes you'll find us at LifePoint explaining things like why we do communion or why we do this. It is not to insult your intelligence. It's for two reasons. One, it is to help inform people who this communion would look weird. Think about it. If you came in, you saw people doing that, you know, what is this? Representation of the, the, the blood and all that. That would be weird. So we do it to explain why we do things. As a follower of Christ, I like to be reminded of who I am doing it for. So you will lots of times hear us explain things, and that's why we do it. And Paul was doing that same thing here to connect with them through that one very simple statement. And he goes on to connect because he's starting to shift a little bit. He says, you know that unknown God, that that inscription? I want to tell you a little bit about him. I want to tell you about who that God is, the God that I know. And he goes on, if you read, he says, hey, that God is the creator of all. You know what? That God is Lord of heaven and on earth and everything that you see. And oh, by the way, he doesn't need you to build the temples to contain him or to do things for him. No, he can do all that. He's in control of all of those things. And I know those philosophers had got to be thinking, what the heck is he talking about? We brought him here to this hill to to teach us about this new thing that he has. What does any of this have to do with it? And so Paul goes on to connect with them some more. In verse 27, he says, God did this so that the men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Paul was connecting with the experiences of their lives. Remember, I said these people were continually thirsting for something that was new, and they were always trying to fill that by whatever the latest teaching was. So Paul was saying, hey, listen, that desire in you, I understand it. I have it. You and I have it as well. Hey, folks of Athens, the only way that you're going to get that quenched is by the one and only God. And then he goes even further in being relevant in the whole connecting thing. He even drops a a literary reference from a poet of their time. In verse um, 28, he says, For in him we live and move and have our being. By the way, we sang that today, right? Didn't we in that song, Let God Arise? We sang that. We don't just do that. We try to connect the message of, of the day with what we're trying to trying to do. But Paul drops this literary reference. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Hey, and as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Again, he's drawing upon what he knew to connect with them. So yes, he met them where they're at. He connected with them. And now he's about to call them to change. He's about to show them how Jesus has a bearing on their life. 
Because if the legend is right, then perhaps Paul's strategy all along was to say, hey, as I stand on this very hill that one day you, you, you talked about a wise man coming, I'm that wise man. I'm Paul. And I am stopping here and pointing you to the one sheep that is acceptable to God, the God that I just told you about. You see, a relevant church is a faithful church, and it's got to be faithful about declaring that message and turning people from themselves, from the world, and saying, hey, turn to God. You see, when a church embraces that kind of message, it will be part of life change. Because when, when a person comes in contact head on with Christ, then he will experience something that he never did before. He will experience hope because he realizes that he is full, not in the acceptance of everyone in this, this auditorium or by the people around him. He is full in a human being just in that relationship in Christ, that he has a new slate, a new record, and the freedom that comes with that. He also realizes that he has a strength to go at life with that he never had before. And that kind of freedom is hopeful. And when people come face to face with Christ in that kind of experience, then they will naturally share that simple message of Christ. And at LifePoint, we believe that Jesus is relevant here and now. And it's something we cannot... um, forget. And every week we try to show that he has bearing on your lives. And we do it in very creative ways. You never know who is going to be in here week in and week out. Sometimes it's a single mom or a single parent who is just tired and needs strength and hope. Sometimes it's an addict who's trying so desperately to break that addiction of the drug. Or somebody who's a leader in their industry but is lonely as anything and fearful because they have nobody to turn to or they're broken and they need peace and comfort. Every week, we don't know who's going to be here, but God still can meet every one of those people right where they are. And we, you see, we serve a God who desires our obedience in our heart so that he can bring life to our situation. We still serve a God who's about taking dead things and bringing them to life. And at LifePoint, we feel that Christ crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected can affect any situation that you bring. And it was important to us to share this as part of being relevant because we, it drives all that we do. And we want it to drive you. If you're going to stick around, we want it to drive you. Just like when Paul looked around and he was distressed, We want you to be distressed when you see people disconnected from God or not growing in their relationship with God. And if that is you today, then stick around and buckle up. Buckle up and hold on. At our church, we love God. Make no mistake about that. At our church, we believe in God's radical, unconditional, and unwavering love for us. At our church, we believe that Jesus is God. We also affirm that you may or may not believe that Jesus is God. And we're not asking you to change your belief system before you attend our church. We're simply inviting you on a journey toward Jesus. For years, churches have placed a high priority on Jesus as the get-out-of-hell-free card. At our church, 
we place the highest priority on Jesus as a live life to the fullest invitation. At our church, we believe every person has a dream deep inside their hearts and that God put that dream there, not for our glory, but for His. At our church, we're not concerned with where you've been, but where you're going. At our church, we believe that the Bible is God's Word. It is real, it is living, it is active. We believe that people who don't go to church anywhere are not the enemy. They are real people who need the perfect love that only God can give. And we believe that God gives this love through, of all people, us. At our church, we do not and we will not display a holier-than-thou attitude toward anyone. We are all broken people, but he is putting us back together. And finally, and most importantly, at our church, we believe that Jesus really lived, that he really died on the cross, and that he really rose again on the third day. And we cannot and we will not candy coat or water down that message, ever. Today, you've chosen to sit yourself in the middle of a very safe place to hear a potentially dangerous message. Welcome to our church. Life Point, a place that thinks Jesus and his resurrection is relevant. Will you join us on this journey? Let's pray. Father, I just uh, thank you for your son. I thank you that uh, you allow each of us to share the message of Christ and in a unique way connecting with people. Help us to do that, starting with our own lives. May we go in and look at those places that we need to be growing in, that are, say, dead, and that you can bring life to. We know you will in a loving way. And so we start with ourselves, and then we just ask that uh, you help us to connect with others in a loving way to share the message of your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.